0: Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, the struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey everybody, welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast so grateful to have each and every one of you here with us today. I hope that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night in Goodyear or on Wednesday night in Buckeye. But regardless of whether you come to our meeting or you don't or you simply missed or you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we're we're so grateful that you're here. We love you. We're so uh, happy that you're tuning in here today, and uh, we hope that you can join in on the conversation that we started in person, in this case, on Wednesday night, and we got a real treat. Um, it was a wonderful evening. Um, I actually got the chance to have my mom come out, um, who's living in Alaska, and uh, share her testimony, and, and it was just a it was an emotional time. It was a, a really wonderful time and uh just really grateful to have her there to share her story and to just be able to um, just enjoy that together and so uh even more so even a bigger blessing got her in the studio here with us today so uh mom would you please introduce yourself
1: hi i am Lori. i'm a grateful believer in jesus christ i struggle with codependency fear people pleasing and many other things
0: (laughs) (laughs) hello Lori. (laughs) thanks so much for making the time to be on the podcast
1: I'm, my pleasure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of people, probably nobody knows this, um, except for maybe you. The last time you were on the podcast is our highest listened episode ever.
1: That's crazy.
0: How does that make you feel? I,
1: a little intimidated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's just goes to show and I and even when we were you know doing group together, it was always one of those things kind of almost like a safety net for me to be able to, when people came in, especially uh, other mothers who had similar struggles with their kids and, and different you know struggles that I knew that you had faced. It was always like, I always felt comfortable saying, hey, you really got to meet my mom. You go, got to go and talk to my mom. And so it's, it's one of those things, just knowing how well you can connect with so many different people. And that's just shows evident in that specifically and having those conversations. And I just really remember how well, even after we had that last conversation, leaving that saying, wow, you really captured in a really beautiful way kind of the struggle with codependency. Because I feel like so oftentimes, even when people come into group and they say, hmm, I think I struggle with codependency, even though they don't really fully understand what that is. And I think even for people who have been working on their struggle with codependency for maybe even years or something, Um, it's still continually evolving the understanding of what that is, right? Yeah. And so if you haven't listened, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, But we're going to talk some more, basically, about what we talked about then. But how would—and you even talked about this in in your testimony. We're going to get to that. I want you to share a little bit for the people who haven't heard your story and and, uh, just kind of catch everybody else up. But you really, in a beautiful way, kind of— defined codependency in in your testimony um could you share with the listeners kind of how you define that
1: oh um i was reading that it was easier (laughs) than um but it is at the expense of myself uh, being willing to do things for other other people that aren't really helpful they're just um it's kind of focusing on my own ability to control or be in power, those things, those trying to fix something that way for somebody else. But it's at the expense of myself and actually at the expense of that person too, because it's really not helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, and we're going to get into the conversation some, but I just love the front end of this. Um, Many times when I've seen people who um, you know, continue to give their kids money or or do things like that, um, enabling them. Mm-hmm. Um, most times when we're having conversations about that and you say like, don't enable them because, you know, it's not good for them, right? Or it's not helping them or, or they're, you know, similar conversations in that way. But for those of us who are identifying our own codependency, understanding what's truly happening there, uh, and I've seen this play out, a lot of times in codependency, the reason I enable another person is so that they continue to keep needing me. Mm-hmm. And that is and we if we can look at it in that way, we could see how that is a much larger struggle um, than some people would. So it's not just enabling, just giving people money when they it shouldn't. But, how it it truly is that struggle with control and trying to control a relationship with another person and doing things for them that I know aren't healthy in order for them to keep on needing me. Yeah. and that's a tough thing to to first identify and then to first accept because it's manipulative, right mm-hmm. and And there's a lot of, a lot of things that go along with that. But what's interesting is how many people can identify. Uh, with codependency and say, I think I struggle with that without fully understanding the depths of what that looks like and not being able to overcome a lot of those habits that come along with it, right? So I want to have some conversation about kind of how you do that now, um, how you kind of, instead of going to those old habits and how you deal with situations, instead how you do things Differently uh, today, but before we do that, I would just love if you could kind of recap your testimony. Give us a give us a short version, um, kind of what brought you into recovery, and kind of where you're at with it right now.
1: Okay, um, well, I had a pretty non-normal, whatever, <laughs> growing up um, as a child. Didn't really have any craziness. Probably the biggest thing was not um, not feeling safe to um, to ask questions or to make mistakes. Um, got into a relationship that wasn't healthy, um, spent years uh, within that relationship and raising children and probably not really ever feeling the ability to reach out and get help for how to handle things, how to be the person that I needed to be. And sometimes even being put in, unfortunately, a, a Christian box of... Um, always being, being giving and never um, mm-hmm. ne- always trying to look perfect, always trying to be a certain thing and never being able to just accept I'm flawed. I'm, I'm a human and I need help. Uh, so I think that's, that's hard. But um, then when all of that fell apart, I, just ha you know just being involved in Palm Valley really and um having the right fr- friends come along the right things and um just being sucked into that without even knowing uh, unfortunately i coming in to celebrate recovery still didn't understand my own fault mm. in anything that didn't understand the codependency um came in more for probably anxiety and my uh, hurts that somebody else had done to me yeah and so that's where it started, and then just over the years, how it's grown, and um, how I've learned about more about how codependency, what what it is, what I've how I've played my own part in that, and how um, had I been willing and even understood what that was, I could have stopped some of the dysfunction myself.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Um... I was talking uh, a bit about your testimony after you had shared, and and we were even talking about this a little bit, about kind of what that journey was like. Um, Switching from, you know, coming to Celebrate Recovery to deal with the hurts that you had experienced and then switching over to dealing with some of the things that you were then recognizing in yourself. And I was sharing this with my group. Um, What a difference that made for me. And although a lot of your hopes and desires and efforts to try to, uh, help me to do the right thing or influence me to do the right thing, those never really changed. But what changed was that you started to take your own recovery seriously. And unlike how you didn't feel comfortable and, and probably honestly growing up, you know, didn't feel comfortable in that same way, but hadn't really developed enough To feel like, you know, there was too much that I needed to hide. Um, But early on in teenage years, probably felt that way. But I don't know how much of that was family dynamic and just being a teenager. Because the fact of the matter is, is, you know, there's some personal responsibility there for all of us, right? But regardless of all of that, feeling like when that, when you shifted that corner or turned that corner, how much it made an impact on me to feel like, okay, she's working on her stuff I can work on myself and we could do that together. And early on in, in my recovery journey too, how oftentimes I would be sharing things that I was learning in recovery. And instead of you saying, oh, like, you know, you should do that like this and like try to work my own recovery. But instead, even though our struggles were so different, you would take the things that I was learning and you would say, oh, that's really interesting. I could use that for my own recovery. And the way that that dynamic worked allowed us to really have a good relationship and then you know, eventually turned into a uh, ministry together and, and, yeah. and everything else, right? Yeah. Um, which is all really beautiful. Um, I, uh, there was a couple of things that I just wanted to, to ask you about, but I guess maybe uh, for the sake of time, I would like to go back to that initial question the way that you were dealing with things, because even though I share that that's how it was when you started working at recovery, that's not necessarily how it always was. Right. Um, Dealing with, you know, uh, three and a half kids, basically who were using drugs and alcohol and abusing, you know, a lot of different things. The way that you handled those situations is night and day today. And then yesterday, and then, you know, months and weeks and years before that it's been steady changing right um what can you share with us maybe what it was like a little bit then how you handle those things in an unhealthy way and then how you try to do that differently because of course we're not perfect it's still a practice but what could you share for our listeners what that difference is and how we can maybe deal with them in a more healthy way i know that's very generalized um
1: well, I, I would say first I want to say that to the parent that's in that moment, um, that's difficult. And I, I don't know that I can completely say that it's the same for me now. I mean, I, I, I'm not dealing with children under age where I feel more of a a need to fix their problems or keep them from going out or doing those things. They're adults now, so I feel like it's a little bit different, but...
0: Really quick, though, what was that like, right? Share with us how you did that in an unhealthy way so we can identify those unhealthy patterns. Well,
1: for one, I think the biggest, absolute biggest thing was not trusting them in God's hands, Mm. you know, feeling the need to more an anxiety or um, or... just a a huge pressure Mm. to somehow be able to know or fix things that I didn't, I had no way of knowing, Um, trying to control. Really, Mm -hmm. It, it was all about control, not, it was not about giving up control at all. Right.
0: Even though it was in a health, not a healthy, but it was in a healthy attempt, right? You weren't just trying to control, you know, us. Uh, for control's sake, you were trying to control situations to try to protect us and and, and everything, right? So even though the intention was there, mm-hmm. understanding that that intention is only going to get us so far, and even though we want best for our, you know our kids and the people that we love inside of our lives, no amount of us trying to take control. Is going to make the difference, right? No.
1: Well, for one, they're, they're, it will just cause a power struggle. Yeah. For one, and for another, I think that um, while we're not teaching our children how to rely on God for mm. for things, I also think that um, that there were many other times where I felt like God was speaking to me and telling me to do things. And those were the things that I chose not to do. Instead, I relied on my own strength in other moments to put pressure on my kids. And so it, it it's doing the things more or less probably that I feel comfortable with mm. that are not the right things, rather than doing probably what I, if I was in more relationship with Christ, mm. I know to be the right things, but I can't see past that moment to see that maybe... It's. It feels unsafe. Yeah. It feels unsafe.
0: Wow, that's really good. And just to almost kind of summarize that, when I'm in control, I, I end up doing things that I shouldn't do, and I feel maybe you know overconfident in the things that I shouldn't do, and I don't feel like I have enough strength to do the things that I should do when God is trying to impress um, some you know direction inside of our lives. I think that's really good. So how do you do that now? Like, how do you enable that? And I love the look that you're giving me because this is the reality of recovery is that – and you said it so beautifully. Actually, could you share that um, with, with our listeners here? You said – at group, you said, I'm um, I, I have I'm not fully recovered from codependency, but I'm oh, free –
1: I'm free from the
0: – Denial yeah, the, or – Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm free from the ignorance uh, – of knowing, I know that I'm codependent. I know that I struggle with it. So when I I act out or I I go to act, Mm. I know that I've got to take that into consideration. And it's not about being perfect. It's just about putting the effort out there to to make a different decision.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And I think that that's what's really beautiful, especially when we're talking about things like this, like codependency, or or even like mental health and, and stuff like that, where biologically, there could be some kind of you know, uh, parts that, you know, may or may not be able to be changed, um, acknowledging the fact that it's there and understanding and addressing that in everyday life is a part of recovery, right? That's a part of how we live with our, our, that's how we have long lasting recovery, right? So, um, even though, you know, your kids have grown up and, and, you know, we're, we're trying to do our best and maybe the struggles aren't the same as they were then, still a, a life is still a struggle, right? And so how do you... Can you give us some practical steps in how you... What's the process for you instead of trying to control situations? How do you just very tangibly release control uh, to God in, in these situations?
1: First of all, pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, And then sometimes it's probably like anybody else that struggles with any sort of addiction is don't sit there and look at it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you have to pull yourself back a little bit of a distance so that, for one, you can see the big picture so that you are not... um, you know, sitting there shaking, ready to grab at any moment and take it back. Um I don't I I feel like um God knows me better than I know myself and in mm-hmm. even the move to Alaska I think um there there's been positive things because I think that he loves my children more than I do. He he loves me. And um sometimes he has to physically take us out of a situation so that He can do what He needs to do and so that we can find the healing that we need. I think that we ask for healing, but then we hold on and we don't want to let go of the things that that He tries to fix
0: for us. Yeah, that's good. It almost sounds like you're saying there's almost stages of removing yourself Mm -hmm. in that first stage of being always, if I can just get myself a little ways out of the way in prayer and Mm -hmm. I remove myself from the situation you know maybe i'm i'm still in the same room and you know everything else uh and i just remove myself by going to the lord and and maybe that's enough for me to to do that and if not literally like you said you don't stick stay in the room and and keep looking at you know it's uh, you know, if you stick around in a barbershop long enough, you're going to get a haircut type situation, yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got to just leave the barbershop, or you got to leave that situation, you got to walk out of the room to be able to get enough distance between it to release control. Um, or in some cases, the analogy is literal, right? Sometimes you got to pick up everything and, and move to, to Alaska to put yourself some distance, because I know that you even shared this in the testimony, is that you were able to see God do some work that you had been praying for, for years, uh, that didn't take place until you literally removed yourself thousands of miles away. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's some great tangible advice for any of us who are struggling with control. Um, it's like the degrees of separation through prayer or getting out of the room or, or actually making some distance. And so that's really good. Right now, we're in uh, the middle of our conversations about Step 4 at our uh, groups, and so I was just wondering for our listeners, what's some advice that you have, uh, maybe some experiences that you had in Step 4, um, and you know, maybe just some, just some general thoughts uh, about Step 4, what, what comes to mind?
1: Um, you you have to deal with the stuff that's on the surface before you can go deeper. Um, don't try to dig a hole to China. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> um, but deal with the, the and and be okay with with not doing everything all at once. Yeah. Um, keep it balanced, um, and know that no matter how dark it looks, that you know I was thinking about this earlier. How sometimes the darkest moment is before the light comes yeah. and how God just, he has to to, to pull off the old um, messy bandage, mm. that, and it hurts a lot. Yeah. But if he's doing that, there is so much hope. Right. There's so much beauty in that. And so I, I, I guess just lean into the pain that you feel, lean into the people that are there, stay connected, make sure you have a good sponsor. Um, and then just don't feel like you have to do everything all all t- at once.
0: Yeah. That's really, really good advice. Um, what's something that you could share with us about as you work through that, that step four process, you know, one, two, three, four times, how many ever times, what was an unexpected, Um, you know, benefit or victory or anything that came about when you were doing your step four?
1: Well, I feel like the first step study I did, I feel like I was, now looking back, it was all kind of still victim- yeah. Mentality, um, wh- how I'd been hurt and who had done what to me, um, and and feeling hurt, you know, just th- that type of thing. And then as they moved forward, I, I thought, you know, it was probably the most amazing thing to me through doing s- the step four, is how God just shows up. Mm. He shows up, and he, he sometimes I haven't after doing a few step studies, sometimes you think you got it all together and you don't really need <laughs> yeah. to, you know, what am I going to do? Right. And I feel like he just shows up and somehow he shows you what he wants you to look at next. Yeah. And And, um, again, through another testimony that I had heard, uh, she had said that um, she didn't know that it was, that her family life was dysfunctional. Hmm because it was normal to her. Right. And so I think that stepping back and looking at just maybe why do I fear so much and mm. then tr- taking that back to to maybe some of the root causes of that allowed me then to work through those problems. But mostly I would just say God just has has continued to reveal what that next level I need to go through is and um, I, I think that's the most beautiful part of it, because God is is why we're doing it. God is, yeah. is who's taking us through it, and we can totally trust Him to know what it is that we need to do next.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you find that the more you go through it, that... Um maybe you you have more faith or you have more trust or do you think it's less painful do you feel like it's more painful the the more you go through it or do you feel like you're more quick to to go through your steps or you're maybe not as excited how how do you feel as you you know go go through the entire progression multiple times how does it feel different
1: oh, you, you know um giving my testimony last night was mm-hmm. i feel like maybe one of the most emotional testimonies I've given yet, and maybe because I can I can see the distance I've come mm-hmm. to where I am now and I can see the difference that's made in my kids' life. I I I'm not really positively sure. <laughs> but um I think that every step study you see, it's like a ruler. Mm. You can you you get to go through all of the things you've you know, you kind of go. Well, I don't need to do deal with any of this because I've already done that before. <laughs> but now here's this new stuff. And then when you get to the end of that, it's you're just that much far farther mm-hmm. along on the ruler. And um, I feel like um, there's just victory. There's mm-hmm. there's relationship knowing. Wow, what we in our family have seen happen yeah. as as we've worked through our steps and we've been willing to to take responsibility for our own actions and forgive and all of those things the differences that have happened in our family and it just makes you all that much let's do the next step study yeah, and see yeah. what else we can figure out what else we can do because god is is in the business of healing right. and i'm and i you know what i just want to move on to the 12th i just want to be in the 12th step i just want to share i just I'm so excited about what's coming next.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Would you say tw- uh, step twelve is your your favorite step?
1: Uh, I, you know, I, I I think that there's just blessings all along mm-hmm. the way. I love twelve step, the 12th step, but I love sharing mm-hmm. about what's happening in the fourth step all the time. You know, yeah, and what yeah. so I feel like the tw- definitely the 12th step is the best, but you're still using all of all those of them, things, yeah. and so
0: yeah, that's really good. Um, I would love if you would just share some encouragement uh, for the newcomer. What would you share for the person who's shaking in the back of the room, doesn't feel like maybe there's a lot of hope, uh, is terrified about even the thought of step four, um, maybe doesn't even have a sponsor, doesn't know if they're going to come back next week. What would you share for for that person, the newcomer?
1: That you're loved. Mm -hmm. That um, is much as it's hard to take that next step that um you have to you have to get there before you can see the sunrise before you can mm. see the beauty you've got to go through that and you know what for those of us that have a little bit of time under your belt for us to see you there blesses us mm. just as much if not more yeah. and so the beauty is in the friendships that we build with you and and us you being willing to open up to us and us being able to to feed back into you. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, there's, it's so awesome, but it is scary. It is. And there's nothing I can do to stop that from. Yeah.
0: It'll always be scary. Yeah. But if you push through, then you can find the beauty. Yeah. I think you brought something up and I've never asked this question before, but what would you tell to the people who've been around for a while, how to, uh, treat newcomers and how to handle those people, you know, how how should we uh, take on that responsibility for the newcomer? What do you have to tell, tell those people, um, kind of a, a word of encouragement?
1: Um, don't stop coming. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, um, they need to see people that are are healed and are well and again that's kind of you know, you know we we're remember, never yet. we're never really completely healed but that are um, vulnerable and willing to share and um, that they don't have to be perfect yeah um I think that it has been amazing to me to come back and visit um, after being gone a while and both times that I visited here at the um, the Goodyear campus the last two weeks there's been people from my past yeah. that have been here, and one um, was I. You were the person that I saw when I first came. You wow. were the person that did newcomers with me, and I was just amazed. I think it, I had to be because I don't think all of these people are coming all of the right. every week. So I feel like it was God's way of showing me mm. how important it was. It was. It's so almost good. like we can't give up. We can't yeah. give up. This is this is our our this is our purpose in yeah. life. God wants this.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's a, something that was really impactful for me when I uh, heard early on in the program. They said, "Don't leave the program once you get what you came to the program to get." And you know, I've spent you know early on, you know, doing really not great in my recovery. At you know little meetings on Christmas Day, and you know, I. The whole point is, is somebody was here for us, right? Yeah. And it's our responsibility to be here for the next person. And some of us might continue to move on and, and go on to do other really great things. Um, but the point is, is that we, we really got to we we've got to be devoted to the newcomer, um, not only for them, but for the progression of our own recovery. Right? right. That's how it keeps going.
1: But you know what? Even at that, I think that no matter how we move on. We need to take this program out into the world. It shouldn't just be at the meeting, it should be everywhere. It should be a lifestyle because this is what God is in the business of.
0: Practice these principles in all our affairs, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think that um, if we did that, maybe people would find because not everybody's going to come to a meeting, right? Yeah, only maybe if we go out there and get them, (laughs) bring them back in. So
0: good. Um I would also I always love I hope that somebody's listening right now um that was so adamant about not listening but their friend was like you really got to listen to this I think you would really love it um they you know are very adamant about never coming to a CR they don't think it's necessary um you know they just they're they're you know, they don't want to listen right now, but they're listening and they don't want to go to CR and they're not even thinking about it. Uh, What would you share for those people?
1: Well, actually, can I just like step back just a second? Is you had said you, you get, you come, you go to the meeting for what it is that you need and then you move on. But how do you, if you do that, how do you ever know what God brought you to the Mm. meeting for? Because for me, what I came into the meeting for it's so not good. what I celebrate now. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's what we lose when we walk away is, is wow. what else God wanted to do through the program to, to, <laughs> to get us to the place where we are. That's good. And so uh, now I've forgotten what the question was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, for the people who, you know, are listening but don't want to listen, you know, they just, their friend begged them to listen, uh, not interested in CR, uh, what would you tell them?
1: I, I don't even know that, I feel like no words will do that justice. I, I, I hope you can hear my heart, mm. my excitement, and my passion for this program, because we've all been broken, and it's not all by the same things that we've been broken, but um, I feel like there's nothing, my words are just words. Um but my passion for the program my passion for the the healing that people have found that i've found really ultimately the relationship that i have developed with christ through celebrate recovery and with people both um is just so over the top i i, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else mm. than where i am and i'm okay with the struggles i've had because i wouldn't i wouldn't ever know what it would feel like if I'd never had those struggles. I would really never know how beautiful it is to, yeah. or what it feels like to be where I am now. Yeah. Um, and I think it's about embracing our past. It's about coming in here and, and celebrating um, what, what's going to change, knowing that change is possible, absolutely knowing that if we're willing to, to just show up that God's going to do the work. We don't have to.
0: Mm. Yeah. Amen. I love it.
1: Yeah. I I just don't know how to say it other than to to try and put more, for you to hear the feeling in my voice.
0: Yeah. That's good. Um, and we'll just close with this. Uh, you guys are out in Alaska now and, uh, you guys got a group going out there. Yes. Let's, uh, let's plug that. If yeah. they want to come out and see you, you guys are in Alaska. Yeah. You can go and, and join in on the meeting out there. Where, where can they find you?
1: Uh, we are meeting in, uh, Salbatna, Alaska at the College Heights Baptist Church on K Beach. And we meet at, um, five, Thirty. <laughs> the times have been kind of changing a little bit um, on a, on Sundays, and um, just have a great group there, um, growing and and working through our first step study there, and just trying to really get get a foothold.
0: Five thirty p.m. on Sundays at College Heights in Saldotna. Um If the time changes, where can they find the the time changes on a website?
1: Currently, um. I would say that they should be able to find that as set free on celebrate recovery for Kenai, Alaska. They should okay. be able to find that.
0: Very good. And you guys do dinner every week, huh?
1: We do not do that anymore. We are only doing the last uh, Friday, the last uh, last. I'm Sunday getting of all the month. of these nights <laughs> <next> mixed <time>. up. <laughs> the last Sunday of the month, and again, chip night. Yeah. Um, and um, just really um. It, Kind of almost copying uh, your celebrate recovery and how you how you do things. because yeah. that's well, what we know. <laughs> that,
0: well, we're all working together, and that's what I really love about the CR community is is that um, anytime I go to a, a group and got a chance to share uh, my testimony out there a couple months ago when I was there, um, and any time I go anywhere, and anytime we have people who come here, uh, we share that information and we make changes. Um, so that we can have the best group, group possible that's gonna provide the most safest space and make people feel welcomed and comfortable. Um, and we, we, don't, we hold everything with an open hand and say we, we just simply want the best for the people who are coming here. And so I definitely don't take any ownership of, of the way that we do things or, or how it's working out. It's all God and, and the community of people who are, are willing to, to you know, give that, that information, what's working and what's not working away. Um, and that's what really makes it—it's so great. Yeah,
1: it, interestingly, um, years ago now, we, through your recovery and the different things that we've talked about over the years, and um, it, it's interesting when you, we know you and I know all the details, but the celebrate you know celebrate recovery in Alaska is um, being run through the Set Free Ministry, which is a men's and women's home for people that have struggled with all kinds of things, and just I, I, it's amazing to. With what we know, right. because we've been through it to
0: yeah. see to full see circle type yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, set free too is also an opportunity. If you if you need some extra help and you're in the South Altona area, um, and you need uh, some assistance and just that extra little kind of bit for your recovery, um, you can find some some help there too, right?
1: Yeah, same same place. They should be same able to place, find that. Yeah. Time.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much uh, for for making the time for this. It's always a, a wonderful time, and excited to see. Um, everybody who tunes in and uh, to, to get the, the word out there and, and uh, God bless your ministry and God bless the work you guys are doing out there. And uh, I love you. I love you too. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.